Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Decidedly different conversation than we had last Tuesday. Last Tuesday, I was still on the emotional high of Patriots win Monday. Today, I'm on the emotional low of one and two and Mac Jones injured Monday. So joining me now, as always, the voice of the Patriots, Bob Sosi. Bob, how are you? Uh, Brady, I'm doing well, despite the circumstances you just described for the Patriots coming off that loss to Baltimore after what I thought were a promising three quarters for the most part, uh, for the offense in particular. And then not only to uh, let things completely get away from them in all three phases in the final 15 to 18 minutes of the game, but then, of course, as you mentioned, to lose your quarterback on the final offensive play of the game. And uh, though we don't have a definitive word yet on uh, the timetable because uh, of uh, uh, the, the reports regarding Mac's uh, you know, situation, whether to have surgery or not, seeking second opinion, uh, according to some people, uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, for the Patriots, the prognosis doesn't look good in the near future. So uh, they got to go forward and they got to go to Green Bay. <laughs> we'll talk about the game on Sunday momentarily because there was a lot to take away from that. We'll talk about Mac, you know, and I've listened to all the things that you have, right? Zoe was talking about it yesterday on Zolak and Bertrand said that he thought Mac would be out longer than the four weeks. I heard Dr. Jess Flynn talk about it, said she thinks it'll be longer than four weeks. Dr. David Chow, the same. So the, the prognosis, you're right, doesn't look particularly good. I do think best-case scenario is Mac misses just the four games, and maybe Brian Hoyer can navigate them to two and two. That might be overly optimistic, but I do think it's possible given the this, this softer part of the schedule here. What do you think is realistic in Mac's absence? Yeah, Brady, I, I think that's a very fair assessment. I don't want to get into the medical part of it. Having married a doctor, I certainly <laughs> don't pretend to be one <laughs> in this household. Uh, but I, I, I think you're right. I think for the Patriots to avoid their season spiraling out of control, uh, to borrow uh, some phrasing and yeah. put a coin on that, you know, to, to put a twist on them from Matthew Slater in his comments on Monday. They have to find a way to survive this stretch. Well, fortunately for them, the schedule does ease up. Now, going to Green Bay is certainly no easy mission, whether you're starting your first-string quarterback or your second-string quarterback opposite Aaron Rodgers. It's not the same Packer offense yet that uh, we're accustomed to seeing as he gets you know, those new receivers indoctrinated somewhat. But still, the Packers very sound on special teams in contrast to the past. Now the new special teams coach and defensively, I think a much better team uh, than we've been accustomed to at times when the Patriots and the Packers have met in the recent past. That being said, as you allude to, the schedule does get softer on the other side of that. Now Detroit is an improved football team. Mm -hmm. But I think when you look at the, the stretch of quarterbacks, coming up for the Patriots. And that's where you begin. Although I, I constantly say it's not just the quarterback. The quarterback is a reflection of the offense. When I'm, uh, you know, asked about Mac, I, I think, you, you know, you start there, you start with the quarterbacks, you start with the opposition uh, in terms of head coaching and, uh, you know, the pedigree of those teams. And, and they do have, I think, a, a more forgiving stretch coming up uh, with Goff, with Jacoby Brissett, a quarterback they know very well with the Browns, for example, not too far down the road, uh, Justin Fields and, and the Bears on the horizon as well in the month of October. So there's a chance to survive and get the split out of those four games you mentioned. Do we think with Brian Hoyer, the offense 
changes a great deal. And what I mean is Sunday, we saw the offense really open up. Mack was throwing the ball down the field a lot. They were taking some shots. Do they trust and empower Hoyer to do that, or do we see them dial back the reins, ball control offense, run the ball first, You know, try to just limit the big turnovers that have plagued this team? What does the offense look like with Brian Hoyer? Yeah, Brady, I, I think one of the interesting things about the first three games, and it really goes back to training camp, the first days of training camp. And I said in an interview on our flagship on Monday morning, I don't think there's ever been a, a full day of Patriots practice out of training camp or a game in the preseason, really a full game to this point, obviously through three weeks of the regular season where you came away and said it was a good day for the offense. There have been some bright spots here and there. And, and I think part of that is just the lack of uh, an, an identity, certainly, but in some respects, a guiding philosophy. And they have been throwing the ball downfield a lot more this year. And it's led to, I think it's one of the reasons, it's not the only reason, and, and there are many of them, and, and, and Mac has certainly been complicit, uh, but I think it's led to the high interception total, the high turnover term, uh, uh, total for the Patriots offensively. And I would think your, your primary mission is from Brian Hoyer in, in these games, take care of the ball. That should be the primary mission in every game, but especially, uh, as, as you allude to, with the backup quarterback. And, and I think that would suggest that the Patriots dial things back a little bit in terms of throwing the ball downfield and trying to force the issue at times. With Hoyer, you get a guy who's got a great grasp, obviously, of the offense. He's been in it for a long time, at least the old Patriots offense. Uh, but again, you know, they're, they're still, it seems to me, searching to find their way uh, with the new coaches on the offensive side of the ball and as well what they're trying to establish on that side of the scrimmage. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEV Radio. Com. Are we in agreement here that the best course of action for the Patriots in Max absence is to stick with Brian Hoyer, whether it's four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks or anything else? I think Brian Hoyer is the answer. I wouldn't bring back Cam. I wouldn't trade for Andy Dalton or Nick Foles or anyone else who's out there. Are, are we in agreement that Brian Hoyer is the guy for as long as Mac is out? Yeah, I think so, and I wouldn't rush Bailey Zappi. I don't. It, I don't think we saw any uh, evidence in, in preseason games that he would be ready to step in unless it was unless it was an absolute emergency. Uh, he, you know, I think uh, in preseason did some nice things, but you know, really struggled hit, uh, at times and, and showed his lack of experience you know, as a quarterback who uh, played in the same system at a very small level of college football and then with one season at the FBS level. So I would, I would think that Brian Hoyer is the guy. And again, from the standpoint of knowledge, uh, the familiarity uh, with uh, this team right now, uh, you know, if you bring in a quarterback from the outside and then now you got to try to establish some chemistry with him and it's been difficult enough you know, with, with the quarterbacks who've been in place to really develop that cohesiveness and get on the same wavelength at times. And we saw miscommunication. It seemed to lead to an interception, for example, with Mack and Devontae Parker in a critical spot in Sunday's game in the in the uh, end zone. And, and so if you bring in a guy from the outside, you know, not only does he got to get up to speed with your playbook, but then he's got to try to develop relationships with the receivers. I just don't see that at this case, uh, at this stage, being a, uh, you know, a, a likely alternative. And, and I also think, too, the, the, the status of Mac will, will, will have a lot to say about that. I think if Mac was going to be down for the year, if, if there was a fracture and we knew for sure that he was going to be out for the season, 
well, well, then maybe you might consider, you know, bringing in another quarterback. I would think the Patriots are going to look at some quarterbacks. Don't be surprised if they bring in some guys for workouts only to have an emergency list ready in case something happens to Brian or if Bailey has to go in a game and something happens to him. But I would think it's Hoyer for the duration of this absence of Mac Jones barring anything, uh, you know, unforeseen happening to Brian. Parker, Parker played very well the other day. He really delivered an element – uh, to the Patriots wide receiver room that we haven't seen really in the six years that I've been here, you know, five catches, I think 156 yards, 31 yards per reception. He played great. Was that a product of Jacoby Myers not being there and Mac not having the security blanket he usually goes to, or did Parker and the offense do something different to scheme him into the openings that hadn't been there the first two games? Well, I think it's, you know, it's, it's really difficult to say how much, for example, the Ravens, contributed to that because you know they are not the same Ravens defense that they've been and we know what happened the week before to that secondary for example against the Dolphins so Devontae Parker running as open as he was at times really in that game uh, and, and we'll get to some of the very good catches that he made downfield as well uh, you know I, I I don't know if, if that's Devontae Parker you know running that dig route and just having a lot of space he's not a speed guy he's generally not a separation guy uh, but he was certainly wide open at times in Sunday's game. And then there were other times where, you know, they got what they expected, the back shoulder throw where he toe taps at the two, a couple yeah. of other throws that were batted away at the last instant. I still think though, that they're looking for more out of Devonte Parker in terms of going up and, and being that receiver who catches 80, 20 balls and not the guy that, you know, doesn't come down with a 50, 50 ball. And, and I, again, there was a you know problem with uh, the, the communication. Uh, he didn't apparently pick up a change the line of scrimmage. And then a reset uh, before that end zone interception, though I think, you know, obviously Mac you know, had the choice of tossing it out of bounds instead of trying to force it in there. And that spot of conceding that third down play to take a field goal, uh, you know, when, when the Patriots were still in it down by five. And, uh, you know, and I think with him and Parker, I thought as the game went along and the Ravens changed things up a, a bit defensively that maybe, you know, they were trying to force the issue a little too much to the interceptions were in the direction of Devontae Parker. And it doesn't seem to me right now that, you know, when Kendrick Bourne's not on the field, there is another guy to go to when Jacoby Myers isn't out there. Now, the previous week they had Jacoby and Nelson, Aguilar. This week Aguilar didn't give them much, one catch, but then a, a huge fumble late in that game, another back-breaking play for the second time in three weeks. And, and so for me, I, I think, you know, with, with Parker, time is going to tell whether they can build on what they did last week, you know, when he and Mac reunite or if it's just an aberration and the Ravens, you know, secondary, the state of their defense contributed to it. Does the Aguilar ball security issues force more playing time for Kendrick Bourne and less for Aguilar? I get they want to play two wide receivers more than they have in the past. There's only room for so many, but you mentioned two times in three weeks that he's contributed to losing a game. Well, I think that there's a, a couple of factors. I think, you know, not getting anything, you know, out of little Jordan Humphrey in the passing game. And I understand that he's out there primarily, you know, in, in running situations, running plays. I mean, the snap count and, and, and the correlation between when he's on the field and when they run uh, certainly demonstrate that. He's almost like a, a hybrid, a tweener, you know, somewhere between a wide receiver and, and, a, and a tight end. And I would think that's, you know, they've got to get more, again, out of those other positions on the field outside of Jacoby Myers and that second receiver, or, you know, in the case of statistically, the first receiver, Aguilar last week, Parker this this, this past week. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, when you look at Aguilar, again, the ball security issues is a problem. I think in the past, 
honestly, Brady, if a guy fumbled like that twice in a couple of key situations, you know, unless it was, was a Starlight Kronk or Julian Edelman, you know, for example, we probably wouldn't see that player, you know, mm-hmm. as much the next time out. But I don't think the Patriots can afford to do that. So I think Aguilar is going to continue to get a lot of reps, particularly with this situation. Uh, you know, I think that they need him to have a productive year, you know, based on where they are. Uh, you know, with him financially, but also I think just, you know, where they are with their receiver group, especially without rookie Tyquan Thornton right now and with little Jordan Humphrey playing so much. But I do think you got to see more Kendrick Bourne going forward. I think they've got to, you know, get something out of the tight ends. Uh, Hunter Henry and uh, Johnny Smith to state the obvious. They might as well be on milk cartons for the first three weeks of the season. They've gone MIA from the Patriots offense. Bob Sosi, voice of the Pats, late game on Sunday against the Packers. That's a 425 start. So uh, our first look at the Pats in pseudo primetime there. So, Bob, we appreciate you, and we'll talk next week. Hopefully, fingers crossed, with some happier results. Yeah, Brady, looking forward to going to Lambeau Field. It's one of the special sporting venues uh, in, in the country, especially in professional sports, a lot like uh, Notre Dame Stadium, obviously. Uh, but, uh, you know, you think about Yankee, the old Yankee Stadium, uh, great basketball arenas like Cameron Indoor or the Palestra and the Fenway Park, of course, Wrigley Field and Lambeau Field's right up there with all of them. I'll mail you $100 if instead of a cheese head, you do the broadcast in a Pat Patriot hat. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the Patriots are going to wear their Pat Patriot uniforms. If you make it 200, I might consider it for the Lions game. <laughs> we'll think about it. All right. I, I, I'm, I'll see if the bosses will finance it. So, <laughs> Bob, we appreciate you. All right, Brady. Thanks a lot.